And we start this hour in Ukraine, where the Interior Minister has quoted as saying 24 towns and villages have now been flooded after a major dam was destroyed in the south of the country. The Kremlin spokesperson has denied that Russia was responsible. Well, this video that was tweeted by Ukraine's President Zelensky shows the breached Kokovka hydroelectric dam. Mr Zelensky says that this confirms for the whole world that the Russians must be expelled from every corner of Ukrainian land. But the two sides have blamed each other for its destruction. Kyiv has accused Russia of blowing up the dam to slow Ukraine's offensive by making it hard to cross the Dnipro River. Russia says that Ukraine is to blame. But regardless of who or what caused the explosion, it has potentially deadly consequences for the towns and villages in the path of the water. BBC Verify is now working to establish the timeline of events and there was already some damage to the dam before today's developments. We can see in these satellite images that were shared by the space technology company Maxar, a road that was visible in late May is no longer there and these are images taken on Sunday. The substantial breach is also visible. New images from today show just portions of the destroyed dam protruding from the current one, with the full scale of the disaster only beginning to unfold now. Well, these images are from areas downstream. They show the scale of the flooding. The Russian-installed mayor of the town immediately next to the dam says the water level there has already risen to 11 metres. Well, let's speak now to our diplomatic correspondent, Paul Adams, who's live in Kiev. And Paul, we'll come on to the implications of this in just a second. But what do we know about what was behind the collapse of this crucial dam? Well, as you say, there was signs of a breach uh, in the dam over the weekend, but something happened overnight to result in a fairly catastrophic breach, which is now perhaps as wide as 100 or 200 metres uh, across. So uh, whether that was the result of an earlier uh, damage and that, that resulted in a, in, in a structural collapse or uh, the result of a deliberate attempt to blow it up once and for all. We just don't know at the moment. Uh, I think I would point out that, as you mentioned in the introduction, if you look at who had a motivation to bring this dam down, don't forget that there was a road across that dam uh, until yesterday. And uh, at a time when the Ukrainian army is on the offensive, it's really only logical that the Russians would have a reason for that dam and for that road uh, to, be, uh, uh, to be removed because from, if you look at a map from south of uh, the city of Zaporizhia, that dam represented the only viable crossing from uh, one side of the Dnipro River to the other. So as the Russians contemplate a series of Ukrainian advances along a very broad front, it was logical that they would be worried about that dam. Yes, and Paul, there are two serious implications of this uh, collapse of the dam. One upstream, of course, for the uh, Zaporizhia nuclear plant. We are told that water levels there are falling and that water is needed to cool the plant. The UN, though, says for now that's safe. But downstream, 24 towns and villages now in the path of flood water. Yes, it's going to be a while, I think, before we get a sense of exactly how many people have been affected by this. Don't forget that until fairly recently, this was the front line and there was a lot of shelling uh, and sniping across the river in both directions. And so it is possible that some of those communities uh, that we have seen inundated in images today may have been somewhat partially or perhaps even completely evacuated. We just don't know. Further downstream, around 80 kilometers or so, you have the big city of Kherson, which of course fell to Ukrainian forces back in November. 
Uh, there, th there is sign of flooding too. It's not nearly as acute as it is closer to the dam, but the authorities have not taken any chances and they are evacuating people, particularly elderly residents, from some of the lower-lying parts of that city. So I think it'll be a little while before we understand the exact consequences of what the Ukrainian government is calling ecocide, because all along that river, and particularly on the south side, there are highly sensitive uh, e ecological areas. There's a biosphere down on the south bank opposite Kherson, which could have been se severely damaged uh, by this flooding. So we'll need to watch that and see what happens. As you say, on the other side of the dam, at Zaporizhia, that is obviously a source of concern. It has been a source of concern for the UN's uh, nuclear watchdog, the IAEA, for a year or more now. At the moment, it, it, the cooling facilities, the pond that cools the spent rods, that keeps the whole nuclear power system cool, that, that is uh, intact. There's no immediate danger. But the level of the reservoir is falling, the last I heard, by around five centimetres an hour. And that could, over time, result in another problem. Paul, it's good to have you with us. Thank you. Paul Adams at Live in Kyiv. Uh, so Paul touched on what could happen next. Well, the Ukrainian foreign minister, that's Dmitry Kuleba, says that the international community needs to hold Russia to account. President Zelensky immediately convened the National Security and Defense Council of Ukraine. Ukrainian law enforcement and emergency services are working hard to mitigate the consequences and save lives. Ukraine calls an emergency meeting of the United Nations Security Council and brings the issue of the Russian Terrorist Act to the International Atomic Energy Agency's Board of Governors. We will also cooperate with the EU Civil Protection Mechanism and other international mechanisms to mitigate consequences and bring Russia to account. In light of developments on the battlefield, Russia's deliberate and long-planned terrorist act turned the man-made flood into a weapon. Well, we've heard also from the former Prime Minister of Ukraine, that's Arseniy Yatsenyuk. Uh, he's been giving his reaction to what is now unfolding around the dam on the Dnipro River. You know, this is another part of the Russian military tactics and strategy against Ukraine. This comprises everything, including humanitarian disasters and catastrophe and the man-made uh, disasters that Russia inflicted on Ukraine. You know, it resembles me the letter of Nazi leader Himmler that uh, he sent in 1943 uh, to then so-called governor of Ukraine when they were retreating from the Ukrainian territory. In his letter, he said that, look, we need to leave a scorched earth in Ukraine, kill everything, including even animals. So uh, Putin and uh, uh, his policy is a copycat scenario of uh, Nazi policy. And this constitutes definitely an international and war crime. And uh, this is in complete violation with the Article 56 of Geneva Convention. But Putin doesn't care about the international law. What he cares about, he cares about his imperialistic, stupid uh, uh, thinking and uh, ideas of how to take over Ukraine and how to restore the Soviet Union. So uh, this is a huge disaster and another challenge for Ukraine and another threat for the entire world. So that's the former Prime Minister of Ukraine. Let's take you live to the region. We can speak to Alexei Goncharenko, who's an MP for the uh, Odessa uh, region in Ukraine. Um, Alexei, thank you for being with us. Um, you, I understand, are right by the river, um, and I'm seeing behind you, and those waters look very high. Just tell us what you can see right now. 
Yeah, hello. I'm standing in the I'm in the city of Kherson in the center of the city. On the other side, you can see this is the park um, of glory and this is the monument for victory, victory over Nazism. And as you see again, this land is suffering from Nazis, this time Russian Nazis, which committed an awful crime. This is the level of water. Just even in this morning, here were several meters uh, uh, we already have uh, more, several meters here of water raised. Before, here was a passage, you see the trees, you see the level of the trees, and here are the steps which were uh, coming to the Dnieper River. But uh, we see by our own eyes how the water is, uh, the level of the water is increasing. Also, you can see how quickly the water is moving, and uh, that is really very, very quickly. So that's what's going on right now here in Kherson after this uh, rational full war crime. Um, and Alexei, for those that aren't familiar with the geography, maybe just explain if you can where you are in relation to that hydroelectric dam. How far away are you and maybe how long it has taken for that water level to rise where you are? Uh, by direct, I think it's near 100 kilometers. So it's already water is already here. So it's up uh, to the north. Uh, and um, uh, this direction is uh, the dam of uh, Kahovka hydroelectric station. This direction is uh, the Black Sea. And uh, here is the river and the level is coming up because uh, all this huge amount of water, which was stopped by the dam, now is moving to, to the sea. By the way, you, I smell, um, there is a smell of an oil uh, machine oil, you know, engine oil, because more than 150 tons of engine oil at least now is in the water, engine oil from the dam. And maybe more will, uh, will come because there is more, 300 tons more. So this is a huge ecological catastrophe with that the consequences will last for decades after what had happened. And uh, that is again, um, according to Geneva Convention, uh, such attacks on hydroelectro uh, stations, it, it equals the using of mass destruction weaponry, nuclear weaponry, chemical weaponry, because the consequences are so awful and that uh, and the lives of tens of thousands of people on both uh, sides of the river. Now I'm standing on the, the right side of the river, which is controlled by Ukraine at this direction. Maybe here there were already several explosions during our conversation. This uh, side of the river, left bank of the river, is controlled by Russian army. But people on the both uh, banks now are endangered. Their lives are endangered. We're speaking about thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. Already Ukraine is evacuating people from Kherson. Um, and Alexei, um, there is a suggestion uh, that this, uh, this dam was taken out because it had a road, a road that crossed across the top of the dam and it would allow movements of troops or weaponry across that dam. Talk to me about the logistics of where you are. How many crossing places are there on the river? Because we are told that this was a pretty key crossing point. Now there is no crossing points. The closest is the Antonov Bridge, which is very close to here, with just several kilometers. But it is it was blown up. Russians blew, destroyed it when they were retreating from Kherson in the end of last year. So there is no one crossing point here and up to them. And the dam was the only crossing point which Russians destroyed. But even, I mean, they are so barbaric. 
they just yeah if they try by this to stop ukrainian offensive not to let ukrainian army to use this dam to get on another bank they could just mine it or they could just control it i mean that is a very narrow it's like a you know long breach and but but to destroy it and to have such awful consequences like it's it's absolutely barbaric they call this land their land they they announce that kherson is part of russia but in reality they are just just destroying completely all this land and and that is a russian warfare style barbaric warfare style um, Alexei, thank you for being with us and being able to show us what's happening where you are in Kherson there. Uh, that's Alexei Goncharenko. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I just want to show you some more pictures that are coming into us here at the BBC to get a sense of that flooding uh, and the speed at which those waters are moving. Quite clearly here, a house being carried down the river as those waters rise downstream. We saw the impact there in Kherson. Um, some suggestions that the water levels uh, immediately surrounding that collapsed dam now 11 or 12 metres higher than they would normally be. And of course, as the water levels rise downstream, it causes problems upstream as that lake, that reservoir that was held behind the dam begins to drain. It causes potential problems for the Zaporizhia nuclear plant that is uh, located upstream of that. So we're getting a sense today of the geography of that area. Uh, and as we were hearing there uh, about that that dam was a key crossing point on the river. So uh, an important point for perhaps troops and weaponry uh, as part of this uh, counteroffensive that we've talked a lot about, the Ukrainian fight back uh, continuing. And this could be uh, very much related to that. Well, Moscow has denied any involvement in the collapse of that dam. Let's speak to our Russia editor, Steve Rosenberg, who is in Moscow. Uh, what is the Kremlin saying, Steve? Yeah, well, it's uh, 180 degrees difference, really. We've heard that Ukraine has been accusing Russia. Russia is accusing Ukraine. So, for example, uh, state television here in Russia today was describing what had happened as a Ukrainian terrorist attack. Uh, and a short while ago, we did get some reaction from the Kremlin. President Putin's spokesman, Dmitry Peskov, said he strongly rejected the accusation that Russia had uh, blown up uh, the dam. He described what had happened as a deliberate act of sabotage by the Ukrainian side, designed, he claimed, to deprive Crimea of a water supply. Crimea, the, the Ukrainian peninsula that Russia annexed from Ukraine back in, in 2014. He also seemed to suggest that this um, alleged sabotage was designed to distract attention from what he described as a faltering uh, Ukrainian counteroffensive. Yeah, and Steve, it's about logistics perhaps here too, isn't it? Because we know that counteroffensive, uh, you know, Ukraine will never confirm or deny that it has begun, but it certainly seems like there is more fighting in key areas. And that part of Ukraine is so vital, uh, given its strategic location uh, along the east of the country. Uh, and it could be about that being a key crossing point, either to separate troops or to facilitate their movement. It could be. There's a lot of speculation about that. It's still unclear. And as I say, Russian officials insisting that it wasn't us. We didn't do this. Uh, and pointing the finger back. Pointing the finger back is something that Russia often does, usually does, whenever this country is accused of anything, particularly by countries uh, with which it is in conflict with, whether we're talking about the Salisbury poisonings or, or, or doping in sport or the, the war in Ukraine.